Welcome to the Centerway Society. To the uninitiated, this is a show where we discuss, deliberate, and dissect the theories behind some of the world's most beloved movies. No film too obscure, no epic too large. We, the initiated, will watch and then bring to you what may or may not be the secrets behind the lens. Let's introduce the initiated. First, I would like to introduce one of our main contributors and the man who came up with the idea for the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan. It was really a group effort, guys. We're all nerds. We want to talk about movies, but we don't want to talk about the good parts of the movies. Of course not. Why would we talk about the good parts of the movies? Next, a veteran of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Dustin. Shit, I thought you were talking about James for a second. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome. Hey. Was I supposed to keep it monotone as well? You know what? I can't do monotone anymore. I mean, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good for the intro to the show, I was, but dude, I can't like, keep I was that just up like, the entire I was time. waiting to be like, Rob, when you come into the bedroom, man, talk to me. You know? <laughs> I can't keep that up the entire time. So let's just uh, enough with okay, the. I was wondering how long we were gonna enough do with that, the scary so. monotone bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, our biggest nerd here, or at least our biggest nerd when it comes to collectibles, it's James. What's up, James? What's going on, guys? I should go monotone. Hold on. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> Why did you just sound like Boris Karloff's Dracula? It's a great movie. I'm sorry. It is a great movie. I'm glad. I'm glad we're not doing the monotone, <laughs> like referring to each other as like brother Rob, brother James, the whole time and stuff. Damn it! Brother. I really wanted to do that. Anyways, brother. So, um, as you can obviously hear, at despite the intro. We're just here to have some fun and to talk about movies. We love movies, all of us. Uh, this was basically it was it was Jordan's idea for the show, but once Jordan like pitched the idea, it took all four of us to really kind of run with it. So, uh, I didn't intro myself. I'm Rob. Uh, I'm just here to discuss things in a monotone sort of voice, I guess. Uh, but we are actually going to start somewhere uh, due to. Um, all of us being giant freaking nerds, uh, we are, we're going to start with the MCU, sort of. Uh, especially because we're getting to February, and we're getting to our first real big movie of the year. And that is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Oh my god, I can't wait for that movie to come out. They've already it's gonna be so they've dropped two trailers, they're giving us a lot of little sneak peeks and easter eggs. And all four of us are excited. We're so stoked for this movie. Hank Pym dies. Well, let's, we'll discuss <laughs> Hot that. take. God. God. <laughs> Spoilers, bro. Come on. Yeah. Um, just, a, just a quick aside real quick for those who are curious about what Centerway Society is. It, it is a little uh, shout out to uh, our favorite theater, or at least the one where me, Dustin, and Jordan, and some other friends meet up to go to the movies. Uh, that's the AMC 24 in Hampton, Virginia, at uh, Newtown Center Way. So, uh, so you'll find us there uh, probably opening night to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, but regardless, now, for, the, for all of the three viewers that are going to listen to this, exactly. now they have a chance to murder us. Thanks, Rob. Hampton, Virginia, AMC 24. It's Hampton, we're gonna Virginia. Be there. There's we're going to be there. We're anyway. going to be there on the 17th. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why don't we just give them the social security number? <laughs> Address at it. Why not? You know. All right, sure. Why not? Jesus, all right, you can find us on. <laughs> uh, they'll never and find James's me. Personal address is. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's let's get into this. Uh, we're not going to just discuss Quantumania. We actually want to start at the beginning. Um, if you have not seen Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp, why are you listening to this show? I mean, I'm, I'm I am curious if you have never watched those movies before, why you yeah. want to dive deeper into it with four guys who just want to talk about shit that probably didn't actually happen or is not part of canon but and what have you been doing for the past like 10 years ant-man the first ant-man movie came out in 2015 that was seven years ago 
what what are you doing with your life you have better things to do like have a job and have kids and spend time with friends who wants to spend time with friends that's exhausting man look at me i'm a productive member of society (laughs) Ooh, good for you (laughs) jesus you suck (laughs) so anyways let's talk about ant-man shall we let's talk about our first theory that ant-man has been in every single mcu film he's just been too small to see this is a weird one man like i i get the merit behind it yeah he's too small to see but like what's what's the point at the end of the day i'm gonna take it further he's been in every movie ever made not the mcu (laughs) (laughs) like we're gonna gonna go that yeah there you go he was he was in the killing scene in supernatural season 15 for when dean died no way he was just hanging right there on the shoulder so so was he in the first avenger as well yes yeah so no that was that was technically yes technically yes he was there no 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 he was there if we have to remember avengers endgame he was literally on the street with them no, that was in the New first York. Avenger. No, that was the first. No, he said the first Avenger. Yeah, Captain America and the first oh, Avenger. Oh, I thought you said Avengers yeah. movie. Yeah, so the know. first movie, Captain America, the, the first, first Captain America yes. movie. Well, he can kind of time travel, right? Yeah, in theory. Yeah, technically, we'll he get there. Anyway. We'll get there. Okay, okay. He was also in the final episode of Friends. Ah, <sighs> oh, he was. Yes, when Rachel walks back in the apartment, he's on his shoulder, on her shoulder. Yeah, mm. actually, yeah. that was Ant Man's first gig. Was it Friends. Was. It was. Yeah, didn't didn't he date Phoebe? He married Phoebe. He married Phoebe. He married Paul Rudd, Phoebe. man. It's been a so, while. And literally, he looks exactly the same. He was also in Clueless. He does. Yep. He was in Clueless. Yeah, time travel. What we're, really, what we're really going to get down to the nitty-gritty here is that Paul Rudd is a real-life Ant-Man. And he just goes in and out of timelines. That's true. He probably is. God mm-hmm. bless America. That's great. Did we just confirm a theory? Paul Rudd is actually so. Ant-Man. <laughs> Close enough. So, so yeah, Ant-Man's in every movie ever in the history of ever. Uh, he was in Schindler's List. Um, oh, God. <laughs> was he in Schindler's List? <clears throat> he was. He was in Schindler's List. He was in The Wizard of Oz. Um, um, those Abbott and Costello movies when they meet Frankenstein. Yeah. I think, I think Dustin actually, I think Dustin for a second believed Paul Rudd was actually in those movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was also he was, like, was he really in Schindler's List? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I'm sitting here thinking, like, Jesus, how long has it been since I've seen that? Movie? <laughs> <laughs> the comedic relief of every movie was in Schindler's List. He just pops out. He's like, it ain't so bad, guys. He just yeah, grows real quick. He's like, what's up? Right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you go back man. and you watch it, and Paul Rudd's just in the corner, like, oh man, that totally fucking sucks. <laughs> man, man you know? Nazis, what a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. So. This guy sucks. <laughs> Why did every one of our podcasts end up talking about Nazis? Uh, I don't know. Because reasons? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. just... <laughs> I never talked about Nazis and go ask your father, all right? So I don't know about Firebear Republic, but... I'm sure if you, uh, it was I'm like sure if you played episode. the episode in reverse, the word Nazi was all over it. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, a Beatles album? God. Yeah, it is. Help the Skelter. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's so, move so... on, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one that's actually, I think, relatively serious, and one that I actually think is true, uh, is derived from the first movie. Uh, if you guys remember, at the end of the film, Hank actually asked Scott if he remembers anything about what he saw down in the quantum realm. And Scott denies it. He doesn't remember anything. Like, it was just too much. I think That is an interesting... Movie. I think he lied. I think he remembers everything. But He's trying but to protect Hank. Because if he says, yes, I remember everything that happens here, here, A, B, C, D, here's what I remember from the Quantum Realm, you know for a fact, and it, this actually happens in the next movie, that Hank would do everything he could to get to the Quantum Realm to save Janet. Which is huh. the next movie, but that's besides the point. So they just did it without him. <laughs> so I know it's a it's a big area, and you know there's a 
good chance that they wouldn't see each other. But if he's down there, he remembers what happened and stuff. Did he run into King, and why didn't he run into to Janet? I think because it's all he was only location. down there, like business. It is yeah. because that location. was the big thing with Ant Man and the Wasp was that she sent a message she, to him. Essentially, she sent a message to him. Yes, quantum entanglement. She sent a message to him, and she took over Scott because I just watched rewatched Ant Man and the Wasp yep, the other day. She did. She took yeah. over Scott and showed them exactly where she was and she said i'm only going to be here for another two hours before everything changes all over again so like the interesting the uh the, the fact that if he just stumbled across her on accident like that would be oh, you know paul rudd luck but man i just when we go to watch this in the theaters if kane comes out and he's like oh what a familiar face you know with ant-man I'm going to get goosebumps. Well, no. Wow. In This was something I saw earlier today. In the trailer they dropped at Comic-Con last year, Kang, when Scott said that he was an Avenger, and Kang responded with, haven't I killed you before? So, Or, I, I don't think you're one of the ones I've killed or something? Yeah, yeah it was something, something along, along those lines. lines. But I don't think yeah. that, I don't think that like implies that he's killed necessarily him before like that uh ant-man but an ant-man from another timeline yes um but like if he like specifically earth 616 ant-man if he goes in there and he's like you've already been down here and you got past me once you know what i mean like i'm gonna i'm gonna shit my pants (laughs) huh wow because that's the big yeah. thing is like with Quantumania is that this is really where the multiverse. I, I know Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is like a big stepping off point for the MCU as far as the multiverse is concerned. But I think this is this next movie is going to be really where they ramp it up. Well, yeah, they have yeah. to. It's 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 the beginning of Phase Five. They have to ramp it up. This yeah. this builds to the King Dynasty and Secret Wars. Yeah, this is. What's the equivalent of of this for like the Infinity Saga? Because there's a specific like like Avengers probably would be like that stepping point. Like they set up all of the previous movies, Iron Man. Uh, you know they had Hulk, which we're not really gonna get into that. They had Thor, um, <laughs> Captain America's in there. So like they set up the main focal points. Are you talking to about get Age of to Avengers? No, talking about like no because if you think about the Avengers, the, the first movie, the very end of it is where Thanos pops out, and, and it's like, oh, fuck. So this is what they're building to, 100%. True. So All right. Yeah, I can is, this, is this the movie that starts the building process? Like, I know Loki, um, and we'll get into that, but Loki season one started Kang, or he who, must, or he who remains. He who remains. A variant of Kang. He, it's introduced in that one, and it's very comic book-like because – how many of our favorite characters have ever been re- like released in their own official comic the first time? It's usually they're introduced in another character's comic. That's true. Like oh, like like Hulk one eighty yeah. and one eighty one first actual appearance of of, of Wolverine one eighty one first full story of Wolverine. Yeah, true. So I'm they sure they do was, that uh, they do that all the time. In, yeah. And Spider Man and yeah, you know, I mean, so yep, so um, Amazing Fantasy fourteen is when Spider Man was was you know introduced to the world so it was detective comics that introduced Batman. yeah so and i like that they that the mcu stays true to that they're introducing it in other movies like you know black widow pops up in iron man 2 we got um black panther pops up in, in captain america winter soldier so they, they they're war. staying true to that civil war, civil war sorry um they stay true to that very well so i think it's like oh we're pop this is the first time i've seen at least where they pop a character up in a TV show that then goes to a movie platform. That's true. And the fact that they did it, like, I mean, the weight of that, of that season of Loki, I mean, it's, it's a great cast one. We really learn. I mean, that's where, at least in the MCU, we learn about the variants and the other, you know, um, embodiments of the characters, like the million Lokis, specifically the Gator Loki. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So like that's that's where we learn about the variants. So they learned, they taught us variants in for the MCU. They introduced it, and then they introduced 
who's supposed to be like the ruler of the next whole like saga. And we see the the Willy Wonka king, which is the way that I like to describe it, because he's just like, oh, I'm old. You two Lokis take over. You get the chocolate factory. I'll just sit back and relax because I'm tired. Yeah. And no, they can't do it. So he kills him and yeah. introduces the other kings to us because he was keeping everything supposedly in check. So it's like the way they're sticking true to this, and then now this is going to be the next set off for all of this. So do you guys think we're going to see a new character introduced besides like Cassie? Well, we're going to get to that later on. Because remember, we're trying to go in order here, Jordan. I don't know, but I'm... I'm too <laughs> you know excited. what? Screw it. We're already there. We already we're broke the seal. We, we're who broke cares, the seal. Who, who cares seal. about order? We Let's just broke talk. the seal. So here we go. Our next one, and one of the ones that may actually happen, the Fantastic Four make their debut in Quantumania. I know we saw Reed Richards in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but this is the first family of Marvel and Mar and Earth six one six. Their debut. Do we see the Fantastic Four? What a lot of theories have been suggesting is that they were studying quantum mechanics and the quantum realm, and somehow got sucked into the quantum realm, and that's where their powers come from. I think it's very possible and they have a they have a very strong connection to uh kang anyway i mean it's it's never been 100 percent confirmed but kang is a descendant of reed no it, like, it's it's confirmed nathaniel richards. Uh, it's like yeah nathaniel richards is king and reed richards it's, it's like his what like his great great grandpa or something like, something that? like that yeah it's, they're like a thousand years removed there's something it's like it's that. yeah he's he's a descendant of I, I thought it was always just more implied, but it, it has at some point been been confirmed. It's been confirmed that Kang's real name is Nathaniel Richards and that he is a descendant of Reed. Okay. Okay. Well, fair enough then. I mean, I, I don't see why it couldn't happen. I mean, it might make the, the movie a little bit busy, but, like, why not, right? It's going to be a busy movie anyway. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um. How do you think they'll do it? Do you think they'll actually go full on with like all four of the characters being shown, or maybe just like a little off to the side? I think they'll have to. If if they're going to go this way, where they're stuck in the quantum realm, and the quantum realm is what gives them their powers, then all four would have to be there. They can't just have like Reed and Sue down there, and they pop back and oh yeah, by the way. Uh, Johnny and Ben also have powers now too. Yeah, we we touched them. The <laughs> we I touched them on the forehead, and boom, they have powers now. So so as far as like being in the movie, I don't think so because that's a lot of star power to introduce in a movie, like a lot if you think about it. We think a fantastic scene maybe. Yes, I think a mid or an end credit scene. I think we see a glimpse. Well, I was thinking like maybe you see like their ship or something going like getting sucked into you, it. You're gonna like, you're you... gonna see some small yeah. detail. No. Hmm. And then, like, so, what would be the purpose of them showing up in the movie, though? Do you think, do you think possibly Kang is trying to like protect himself? You know, because this whole thing is he wants to rule in the future, right? So, yeah. does he keep him trapped down in there, or is it just a coincidence? Like, I, mm, I, 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 good question. Honestly, I think it's a coincidence. Go, go ahead, James. Well, I was gonna say, I was thinking you're gonna get like a little Easter egg type thing where you're gonna see like something of them. And, like, see something happening kind of in the background or whatever. And then in their movie, you're going to see what actually happened. Mm, I could see that. Like I said, okay. like, it's going to be more of, like, an Easter egg or a mid or end credit scene. Yeah. I, it's I not could... going to be full on in the movie. Otherwise, that would take over. And you oh, don't yeah. want that for, exi especially telling Scott's story down there. And we'll get, I, that's going to be the last thing I want to talk about uh, before we end the show. And I don't want to get too the third Scott movie yet. Um, but I think if you introduce the fantastic four and have them have a meaningful role in this movie, it's going to just overshadow Scott Lang and his story. I agree. So yeah, it'll I, be I, an I end or mid credit see... or some type of Easter egg. Yeah, I could see that. Um, not to mention, I know fantastic four is getting a debut movie too. Yeah, they are. They are. So, and then think about the way that, like, 
the MCU has been working on mid and end credit scenes recently. So, like, for instance, Thor, Love and Thunder. We with see Hercules. With Hercules. And like it's like, re- right, it really had no bearing. Like, honestly, I think most people thought that Zeus was dead. True. Truthfully, yeah. Yeah. Most people thought Zeus was dead, and then and then there's the credit scene, and it's like, oh, he's not dead. Oh, shit, that's Hercules. It's like, it's so left field. Like, they threw a huge curveball out of nowhere oh, to yeah. introduce a character. I could see them maybe doing that with this, or like I said, it being like their ship, or, you know, something that shows them being down there to some Well, they degree. did the same thing in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. With, with Adam, Adam Warlock. Warlock. Yeah. And they did it with uh, Eternals with uh, what what is Star Fox yeah. and uh, Pip the Harry Troll Styles. and stuff. Yeah, yep, yeah. It, that was Pip that the was Troll. Odd, is it Pip? You know, I thought not, the, Pip. not to it's... mention it's all, well. It's also Blade, right? That was that was one of the other ones. Yes, because it was it most likely. Blade. Um, yeah, no, no, it was confirmed. It was yeah, Mahershala it's... Ali. Yeah, it's supposed oh, to be okay. Blade talking there to Star Fox, right? No, Blade talking to Black Knight. Black Knight. Sorry, Black Knight. My bad. Um, John Harrington, yeah. the guy from yes, Game of the Thrones. guy from Game of Thrones, Kit. So yeah. winter's winter's always coming. <laughs> so that like, was like real exciting for fifteen people out there that were really excited about the Black Knight. <laughs> yeah, we went, and D- Dust and I, I think we went to see it when he was here last year. And we're like, oh, okay, that was yeah, an okay movie. But then, like, they showed yeah. that. And we're like, who do you think it was? <laughs> it's like real, just kind of random. Oh, it was. It was definitely. It was Blade. Because yeah. so, I, I I remember me and Jordan were talking about this, and I was like, no, it was Blade. I know it for a fact. It was Blade. So I, like, deep-dived on that. But, yeah, it was Mahershala Ali who was playing which, Blade in the new which movie. Which now may not be even a thing that comes off of that movie anymore God, because of how bad awesome. that movie's going. True. So uh, just a quick sidebar real quick. Does the MCU open up their checkbook? Does the mouse pay... And get John Krasinski to be Reed Richards, or do they go with more of like an unknown? As much as I would love for John Krasinski to be Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, there's no fucking way that they're doing that. I think because it was a, it was a, oh my God, because, you know, um, his wife, Emily you want Blunt, the pop. Played, yeah, his, his wife played, um, didn't she play Sue Storm in the Fox one? No, Jessica no. Alba. Yeah. Well, there's two different Fox ones, right? No, the other one one was just Cal. No, and she I think was the other one was Alexandra Dadrigo. Maybe I was yeah. wrong on that. Emily um, Blunt has way. never been in a superhero. Oh movie no, no, no! Before. Sorry, sorry. What I'm thinking of is they were talking about casting for like who would you want to cast as, and they were talking about Emily Blunt and John Krasinski as those two and have like the first like legit couple. That would be dope. I think it was 100 percent a fan service. Don't get me wrong, and I'm glad they did it because it was like, oh fuck, it's John Krasinski. <laughs> you know, he did a good but there's job. No, there's he did a great job for his 18 seconds on film, but there's no way that he's going to be like the Fantastic Four have to be longevity going forward. He ain't going to do it. But it also I, I has to so... be a success because yeah. the MCU fan base is not going to accept anything less than perfection from the first couple or the first family of Marvel comics. So that's what they did like Miles Teller wasn't necessarily an unknown when he was cast in Fan um god that movie was bad it was it like was. that's the thing they they had a good cast on their hands i just don't know what the hell happened i mean michael b jordan is amazing obviously he was killmonger in black panther and he stepped he's an amazing actor so is miles he teller yeah i mean have you seen whiplash i mean it's Miles Teller knows what he's doing. He's really he was really good at Maverick. It was, Fox, Maverick. It was Fox tanking the IP. <laughs> it sucks, but they yeah, they I mean, but they need to go. At this point, they need right? to go with proven draws. They need to go with proven actors, and who could deliver on film. So now I think they need I, to go with the more of like John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. Like if you want to go like. Ben Grimm, more of an unknown, or Johnny Storm, more of an unknown, then, yeah, you could do that and get away with it. But those two, and even if they go, I mean, they obviously go with Kang for the first movie if they want to, or, uh, I mean, 
whatever direction you want to go in, like they're going to have to have a proven draw to make this yes. work. I don't think that they are above putting the money out there for both of them, but I don't know if this is a purposeful like uh, misdirection. But Emily Blunt has said on multiple occasions that she's not interested in doing those movies. How many of these so, actors have said before Disney got out their giant ass checkbook that they said they weren't interested or I didn't want to? John no, Krasinski was saying no, it too no, before he did his little that 18 is seconds in Doctor Strange. He said, no, nah, I, I wasn't going to do it. I got too much point. going on right now. Yeah. And boom. maybe that's true, though. Maybe he didn't lie. Maybe he was talking about the actual role of being the Mr. Fantastic versus I'm going to be 838 Fantastic for 18 seconds. Okay, so another thing about this too, though, other than Loki and his show, we generally don't see variants that are other actors in these movies, like the few times that we've seen variants. So that would be very odd to see a different Mr. Fantastic, though, right? I mean, a little. Um, well, like they've it, talked well, in, about in Doctor Strange too. They did. They did. Uh, Captain Marvel. Spider Man was a different. Um, they also did. No, but that uh, was that. That's a different Captain Marvel. That wasn't a different Carol Danvers. Right. She's but not still... Carol Danvers. She's just a different Captain Marvel. Okay. You have to think of the person who that actual person. Stephen Strange is the same actor in every single. Uh, Marvel Universe, or at least that they showed in Multiverse of Madness. That's Whereas, um, like Mordo was always the same. Mordo was Mordo's the same. The same. Uh, but no, that was a different Captain Marvel. It was just not Carol Danvers. So we don't know if Carol Danvers is the same person or not. So, but hmm. um, so it's it's possible. Like Loki seems to be like, but Loki can also change his appearance at will. So, yeah, true. So that doesn't really, really say anything. I mean, Kang's the same same person throughout every single. It's Jonathan Majors. Yeah. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that they could cast somebody else. It's just it hasn't been done. Like if they had done much. what they had, yeah. like the rumors were suggesting, and bringing in Tom Cruise to play, uh, I still think that Tony Stark. Yeah. In the Illuminati scene. I mean, they also brought in Patrick Stewart to play Charles Xavier. And they're gonna have to recast him at some point. They're going to. Oh yeah, that that yeah. was a that was a fan service. That was hundred percent, yes. Hundred percent. Interesting thing before we get back onto the Ant Man stuff. I know we're on more of like talking about we, variants and stuff that really... has to apply to the movie. But go back and rewatch um you don't have to watch the whole movie because it's you know it's a it, a bad rewatch the more you watch it, but Doctor Strange 2, the scene where they go to fight uh, the Scarlet Witch, and they all, like, do their superhero landings or whatever, yeah. there was clearly a spot for a fifth person to be right there, because the shot is so wide, and there's, like, an empty spot where somebody should have been. I 100% believe Tom Cruise's superior Iron Man was supposed to be there. That would have been Interesting. Cool. That would have been cool. Yeah. But... We we really went down the rabbit hole on this one. That's fine. That's what it's supposed <laughs> to be about. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, those who are listening to the uninitiated, this is this is probably going to happen a lot with us, especially when we get onto these shows where we're discussing movies that we truly feel passionate about. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Well, realistically, I, I don't think it's going to be anything else besides the MCU because there's so much to get into. Like when we do future episodes that I'm not going to accidentally name real quick like I was about to it, we have to kind of stick to that movie you know what I mean but MCU there's yeah. so much shit we can get into that so still revolves around what we're talking about the, I can't wait to like when we get closer to May and we do a Guardians of the Galaxy episode I, I know oh, I'm that's just gonna be fun. spoiler there yeah. just, but... so, just so you know that's a third Guardians of the Galaxy movie Rob we'll get into that at the end <laughs> Because that yeah. is the last discussion I want to have. Yeah. So let's get into let's get into something around Endgame. Because I have two theories that I want to talk about as far as Endgame is concerned. And the first is that when Scott escapes the Quantum Realm. Because for those who don't know, Ant-Man and the Wasp and the end credit scene. He goes into the Quantum Realm to collect particles to help heal Ghost. 
but then snap Thanos snaps. Yep. Hope, Janet, and Hank all dust. So Scott is stuck in the quantum realm for five, five years. years. But for him, it was yeah. five hours, right? Isn't that what he said? That's what he claims. That's what he claims. talking to uh, Natasha. Yeah. But is it really? Because if you look back at the first Ant-Man movie, Hank is very trusting of Scott. Like from the get, from the jump of that movie, Hank is like, this is our guy. What if Scott, before he ended up traveling five years in the future, traveled about 20 years in the past and met Hank Pym in the 90s? Got to know Hank a little bit. And that's why Hank zeroed in on Scott Lang to take up the Ant-Man suit. Because he knew that was the man that's supposed to take over from me. I actually really dig that. That, he, yeah. he claims right from the beginning that he knows him so well. He knows everything about him. Yeah. Yeah, he he already knows him. That that does make sense. I think it's a very real possibility. Yeah. But why he doesn't tell anyone, I don't know. I mean, that's all on Scott what he decides. But also like Would it change? Would it change too much? I mean, that's, the, that's the time travel mechanic uh, within the, the MCU is so weird anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, would would him changing the course of events, or would that change course of events? If he would that have, like, he set course, yeah. of, he set the events to happen the way it did by traveling to the past. By giving Hank someone to believe in and someone to trust in. As far as the Ant-Man suit is concerned. And maybe that's how he knows that Darren is going to double cross him later on down the line. Because he seemed like he knew from the jump that he could not trust Darren Cross with the Pym particle. It's why he never told him about it. Why he never gave him the formula. Right. Because he didn't want him anywhere near it. Because there was always something about him. What if it was because Scott maybe not have hinted but told him that eventually there's going to be someone who wants the particle but you can't trust them mm. huh that's a very interesting theory i i like Would that they... a lot but at the hmm. same time i also want those 5 years that he was in the quantum realm selfishly to have more to do with ant-man 3 than going back to the 90s I think, yeah, I just think it would be cooler because, like, there's something about me that if if King pops up, he's like, like, because for mm, I don't want to go into too much because we have it to discuss at the end, end of the uh, podcast. But, like, there's something about the you escaped me once, you're not escaping me twice type of scenario. You know what I mean? Like, that would yeah. be super interesting to me. Because think about, yeah. like, when um, Hank Pym, in the second movie, went down there to, retrie- to retrieve uh, his wife. <clears throat> there was stuff going on. There were things coming after him and their ship. Um, we could chalk it up to that was random, or we could chalk it up to maybe Kang had, you know, some type of um, sway on that. You know what I mean? Which I yeah. think would be cooler. Because, like, the way that, at least in the trailers, they're portraying it right now is, like, he is the ruler of the Quantum Realm in this movie. Whether he's been stuck there or whatever's going on. And truthfully, and, and this is a, a theory, too, I don't even think this is King the Conqueror we're going to see. I don't think this is the one yet. Really? Man, I... Yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, that's something that's been making the rounds, is that this is just another variant of Kang. It's not Kang like Supreme or Kang Prime. Um, this kind of segues into the Screen Crush theory. You mind if I go over that one? Absolutely. Go right on ahead. Okay, so some of this we generally kind of are accepting as fact. Like uh, Darren Darren Cross is MODOK. Yeah. And uh, obviously Kang is stuck in the quantum realm and he's going to need Scott's help. But uh 
his theory is that this is the king. He has survived multiple of these wars because at the moment they were stuck in a in a loop. Like we found out in uh, the Loki season one that the war happens and it just it keeps on repeating. It's in a it's in a loop. Yeah. Even if uh, he dies, the uh, the one who remains, if he dies, he just comes back. Everything resets. But this Kang, supposedly, is just stuck in this universe. He most likely fought the Avengers at some point, and they used another artifact, not like the Infinity Gauntlet or anything, but they used the, uh, let me see, I have it written down right here. Most likely the Forever Crystal, which I'm not actually very familiar with, and bound him to this universe. And for some reason, he is not able to obtain this thing. He's not able to get close to it. And I want to say his theory was since his universe was pruned at some point, most likely if he gets too close to it, he just ceases to exist. And that's why he needs Ant-Man and Scott Lang to do it. And honestly, this part was a little bit over my head. I didn't quite understand this. But the Screen Crush guy was saying that because Scott Lang uh basically was the catalyst for time travel being discovered he is like an absolute point in history and that would allow him to do this i don't quite understand that personally but does that make any sense to you guys so because he was the one who came up with the idea of the time travel for avengers endgame he became a point an absolute point in that timeline that cannot be erased is what we're saying because that's the point about the absolute point right you can't like it can't, can't be erased, break it, can't it. Be it can't be erased can't be deleted whatever right well he was saying uh because of his experience of getting stuck in the quantum realm for the five years and explaining uh how time worked differently down there and stuff like that it gave tony the idea to actually create the technology for them to time travel yeah, it's not that he created time travel. It's that like it's that that point is what gave the idea to then create the plan that then saves them in the end. Right. If that didn't happen, nothing happens afterwards. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, because of how time works in this universe, they uh, in a future battle or uh, in some other universe's battle. This is like the king. He yeah. fights the Avengers, and they use this artifact to imprison him there, and they use the the ten rings to encase it. So, it, I don't like the use of universe in there because quantum realm is not a, it's not a different universe. It's it's outside the multiverse. Yeah, it's a realm, and they like yeah, Marvel's yeah, been very right. specific about that. Like they talk about universe, they talk about realms, and then they talk about like other things that have to do around that. So like for instance like the uh nine realms that with was Thor more on that. me than him. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. Um but something that's interesting to me and I don't know if you guys have like read about the Fantastic Four movie like what it like when it's supposed to take place. Nope, not yet. It's supposed to take place in the 1960s. No. Oh, it really they said that? Yes. That's the the film's supposed to take place in the 1960s. What oh, wow. what if it was not the Avengers that did this to him, but the Fantastic Four? But the Fantastic Four, and that's what maybe their movies like. Their their movies going to oh be something God. along those lines, and then maybe I love that. But how cool would that be? Maybe he traveled to that point in time where he was like, "If I take care of this, I'm not stuck in the loop." But then they actually then get, the that's Fantastic how he gets Four in the, is loop. the reason they oh that, that is dope. really cool. But then they that get is. stuck in the quantum realm. And thus, maybe, and pop out in modern day. And yeah, so. maybe. Ooh. Now, does that mean that we're going to end up with the whole like fish out of water movie where the Fantastic Four show? Up I don't and think like, they'll do. What that. are these things? Cell no. phones? I don't think no. they'll. Please do God, that. no. No, they they like I said earlier, they can't just go with hokey bullshit for the Fantastic Four. The greater MCU fan base would not accept that. I mean, 
they've stuck through. I mean, the first I thought the first Fantastic Four movie was pretty good. Um, the one with I, yeah, I like Chris it, Evans yeah. as Johnny Storm and Jessica Alba and Michael Chiklis as Ben Grimm. And... Dude, please God, let them in Secret Wars. If if Fantastic Four is in it, let Chris Evans be Johnny Storm. And just fun. one of them, like one of the variants, comes <laughs> in and it's Chris Evans, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, it's Captain America." Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> but no, he's like, "I but... can do this all day." Well, and you're like, ah, wrong character. Yeah, flame on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, the first one was okay, but Rise of the Silver Surfer. While I wholly support, wasn't it Lawrence Fishburne that did the voice of the Silver Surfer? Ooh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's I never looked that up. Hold on. We're going to edit this part out because I'm looking it up on IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a few moments later. Rise of the Silver uh, No, Surfer. it was Doug Jones. It was Doug Jones? Yes. No, Lawrence Fishburne did the voice of the Silver oh, Surfer. Oh, the voice. He did the voice of the Silver Surfer. Doug Jones played... He was the, in the he suit. Was the, he was the body. Oh, he gotcha. was the body, but Lawrence Fishburne was the voice. Much like Darth Vader was voiced by James Earl Jones, but he was played oh, by somebody else. Right. What the fuck was I getting at? Oh, right. Rise of the Silver Surfer was... <laughs> it, it was okay if you're feeling generous. And then you had Fan Stick, which was a steaming pile of garbage. Yeah, it was. The MCU fan base is not going to settle for okay or a steaming pile of garbage. They need to hit a home run with this. And doing a... And they already kind of did the whole fish out of water thing with Captain America. Yeah, but they did it in a good way. They did it in a very good way. It was I like... It was like you kind of have to. Yeah, it was well, like... I, um, I don't Falcon, know if Falcon, Falcon and, and him are like running on the same place and he's like, oh man, you should check out this album. And he's like, ooh, let's write it down. Like That's, Marvin that's Gay, how they Trouble did it. Man. Yeah. Yeah, they were like they did yeah. stuff like that. Like you just yeah. missed this. You still know technology, but you missed like this album. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's just... but that's integral to his character too. He's supposed to be like a relic from a bygone era, and he's supposed to not understand like you know. Whereas these are Fantastic Four, or at least Sue and Reed are supposed to be scientists. So they'd probably yeah. embrace the fact that modern technology and things have changed and they'll want to learn everything about it versus exactly steve rogers is kind of troubled yeah i would have a hard time imagining reed showing up and not understanding how things work either considering he's supposed to be like one of the smartest humans to ever exist in the mcu if anything he would be like Oh, you guys finally figured that out like this is more common this has been my head for for 40 years i know right yeah so so I think that's definitely I, I I like I said, they need to hit a home run with Fantastic Four. They can't just hope for the best. Can't cross your fingers and hope for the best on this. Definitely. So we've we've kind of accepted the fact that Modoc is Darian Cross from the first Game Man movie. I think everybody that saw the trailer and Paul yes. and saw his face. So I could confirm so I, that. I, I think we can I think we can skip past that. So there's really only two more points I want to really talk about. And the first is just one that I've I've read about today and that Cassie Cassie Lang is working with Kang. Now, she obviously developed some type of device or builds some type of device. Um that sends them to the quantum realm in this next movie. But how did she know how to build it? I mean, she's obviously supposed to be relatively smart. Um, right. Or smart on like Hank's level, not Hank, but uh, Scott's level. Right. But Scott doesn't know how to build this. I mean, the theory behind it is that Kang is a puppet master pulling the strings and helping her to learn and figure out how to create this device. So that way he can entrap them all into the quantum realm and to get Scott to help him to get out. Or at least that's the theory yeah. I've read. 
don't know it's a little odd that she's building it in the first place too like there is a precedence for it that he gets trapped in the quantum realm and it would be nice to always have a beacon yeah you know of a place to come back to but honestly why are are they really afraid that there's going to be another snap and everybody's going to disappear but it seems like but even in the trailer it says that it's not a beacon to bring you home it's sending messages to the quantum realm oh yeah yeah okay so yeah interesting huh so there's oh man i've seen a couple of things about this specifically so obviously, like the the main leading theory is that she built it so she could contact her dad in the quantum realm. Yeah. Um, but if you go to like the trailer and you watch it, she literally says that she builds this satellite because people still need help. Now, I don't know if in the trailer you guys saw like a lot of Kang's like empire and stuff, but there's the yeah. the shining blue lights everywhere, which this is the same thing that this does. Like, has that exact same look and glow to it. Like, yeah. to the exact hue. So, like, if she... If if somehow Kang, like, got to her... Like, we discussed earlier where uh, Janet gets to Scott Lang and sends a message, you know, and takes over his body. Like, it could be that. Maybe. Or maybe she was working with, like, another Kang who was, like, her age who, like, kind of inspired her and was like, oh, man, if we did this, if we did this, if we did this, and that happened, I could see either one of those kind of going with that. But I would almost guarantee that she had to have some help from King to some degree, someone yeah. that's playing in his in his corner. I could, I could really see that. I mean, uh, we watched an entire season of, a variant of Kang, uh, he who remains pulling strings the entire time. This is not outside of the realm of possibility. Absolutely. You know? no. Yeah. He's playing the longer game. He the always con, is. Man. He always yeah. is. So, so I, I kind of want to get down to the end of the episode because I have a feeling that this last one is going to take a little while. And this is something that I, I really haven't seen anywhere. Um, but it's something Jordan brought up and we kind of expanded upon. And that is the curse of the third movie. Now, what we're getting at is that so far, every uh, movie in the MCU that has had a third. We're talking Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Spider-Man, and now Ant-Man. And Avengers. And Avengers. And the third movie, the third iteration, they've lost something. They lost someone. Or more often than not, both. Yep. Let's start at Iron Man 3. I mean, this is more the beginning of it. So, really, Tony... If Happy had died, then it would definitely be both. It would, we would be talking about this as a guaranteed theory that you lose something and you lose someone. But he didn't lose anyone. Yeah. But he destroyed all of his suits. Yep. At the end of the movie. Even though he ends up rebuilding them. So it really doesn't count, I guess. But let's move on to Captain America. Because Captain America Civil War, the third version of Spider-Man, or, or the third movie for Captain America... Scott loses the Avengers. Scott loses his shield. He loses his trust in the government. I think you meant to say Steve, but yeah. Steve, sorry. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Scott lost his lost the Avengers. What? My bad. We've been talking he about this in every movie. We've been talking <laughs> yeah. about Full circle. But S- Steve yeah. lost all that, and he lost Peggy Carter. Yep, she dies in the movie. Spider-Man. Natural Causes. Natural causes, but still, it's a death that reflects and hits hard. Yep. Avengers Infinity War. They lose the Thanos. Yep. Half but the most world of di- half most the of all dies. half the universe gone in a snap. 
Yeah. Tony's face when Peter Parker dusts. If you don't, like, just like, even just a moment of like, <gasps> choke up. Spider-Man loses Aunt May. Yep. Loses yeah. everything. Yep. His friends, his family, everything. His identity. His identity. Yep. No yeah. one knows who he is. Because they don't forget Spider-Man. They forget Peter Parker. Yep. Right, right. This is Ant-Man 3. What is he going to lose? His life. Who is going to die? <laughs> Man. If I don't see, because I think this is what's going to happen, Hank Pym has to die. Possibly Janet. I think Scott's going to die. No, I think Scott gets trapped in, in the quantum realm. Oh. Hmm. Yep. Or could you imagine if they kill Hope? Ah! I Man. Here's what I think. They're not going to kill Hope, <laughs> are they? Honestly, no, honestly, if they, killed they Ca- if they killed Cassie, I'd be stoked. They're not going to kill Cassie. I wish they if, would. If they're, if they're gearing up for a Young Avengers movie... They are. They are not going to kill Cassie. I wish they here's, would. Yeah, they, here's what I think. Yeah. I okay. think Hank is dead. Hank is going to die. I think they are going to make it seem like Scott is dead. The end credit scene is going to be Cassie with the beacon. Trying, even though she knows in her heart... Her dad is dead. Trying to reach into the quantum realm just to hear her dad's voice one last time. And then right as it's about that end credit seat's about to end, you hear his voice. Oh, Tell man, me that would not be like a bitch. That Tell oh. me that would not be badass. And that sets up be awesome. That would set up the Kang Dynasty, or at least part of the Kang Dynasty. Where they have to go to the quantum realm to save Scott because Scott knows how to defeat Kang. Because he already fucking lost once. <laughs> he doesn't need to wow. lose. They just need to both lose. Pow! <laughs> Damn. Dude. Okay. I, okay, so for just a peek behind the curtain, uh, I have the majority of these theories written down and I'm sharing my screen with the guys. But... He literally made like, that last one up. While I made I was that last one up. Something. Like it just popped into my head like five, ten minutes ago, and I was like, I can't forget this. I need to write this down right now. So I typed <laughs> it out. But no, how badass of an end credit scene would that be? Oh, it, it be would stoked. be amazing, man. But I, I honestly, I honestly think that he is going to lose Hank. Hank is going to die, and he is going to lose his family. Because he's going to get them to escape the quantum realm, and he is going to be stuck. Everyone's going to mm-hmm. think he's dead, but he he's will stuck. be stuck in the quantum realm. Yep. I mean, think about the only other time we've had that moment. When everybody was in the fucking theater, and Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man were get their ass handed to them by 2014 Thanos, and then all of a sudden you hear, on your left, and everybody was oh, like, What?! Uh, Dude, Everybody the was amount like, of applause, the Dude. amount was, when the circles start forming, my and everyone uh-huh. shows up, my theater roared. Bro, that is the single. They spent what ten years building to that one scene. Because when yeah, when left. did Cap when did Cap ever say Avengers Assemble? Throughout that entire stretch of movies, when did he uh, ever say it? He, he almost he. He, he never said it before. Then? He did no, no. He only said it in the la- that last scene. But he, oh, they, they led to it in uh, what was it? Um, was it Ultron or Civil War at the end, where he's like Avengers, and then he smiles, and then he's like, a, like he mouths that the was, symbol, and they cut the scene. That was Age of Ultron. That was the end of the movie. Yep, because they right, were showing the like new Vision Avengers. That's Lynch right. And, That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So but yeah, he so, never actually said Avengers Assemble. Yep. They, they lead spent to it in that ten one. years building to that one scene. Yep, I I am like convinced of that. Like they did all of this just to build to that one moment where it's everyone is formed yeah. up. And but see, that's that's the thing though. Like when you watch an Infinity War or you watch an Endgame, 
after you get done with that and after you get done with that saga, the first question that I think every MCU fan should have is where do we go from here? How do they top this level of story? How do they top everything that happens with it? And they've done so far, like the TV shows have been excellent. The movies after it have been honestly pretty damn good. Like I was like, oh man, Spider-Man No Way Home. It's going to, no, it's going to do bad. There's no way it does well. And then really? boom, kills. Well, think of what it followed up, man. That's a hard. That's a hard thing to follow. It was Far From Home that followed up Endgame. No Way Home was the last one. Yeah, right. But what I'm saying is, like, No Way Home is still like the end of that like thing for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Far okay. From Home yeah, was fine. No, what I'm saying is that like they that was had to be the next step after Endgame was Far From Home, right? Where they hinted at the idea of the multiverse with Mysterio. Yeah. Even though he was full of shit. Mm. In theory. Ah, oh, man, I really hope they do his character more justice. I man. There's... Well, we'll get into Spider-Man in later episodes. It I'm has sure. to happen in Secret Wars, right? Probably. It has to. It can't be... Secret Wars is not gonna just be Kangs everywhere. There has to be a plethora of villains. It'll It'll balance out. Secret Wars is probably going to be the most ridiculous movie we've ever seen. I could just about guarantee that. <laughs> so, so are we into like personal theory territory now? Like, well, we, I, I wanted we to are, end right? with the the third movie curse, but if you got something, oh hit, no, no, go, go ahead. ahead, no, 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 no hit us. We go already ahead. we already went over the third movie curse. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You're fine. Okay, so I I kind of had this thought yesterday when I was watching or finishing up Loki the other day and I kind of wanted to run it past you. I haven't like completely flushed it out and I just want to just want to run it past everybody. A little bit of a tinfoil hat theory, right? <laughs> the best. Okay. Shoot. So, one thing I love about the MCU is they take stuff we know, like the comics, right? Yeah. And then they do it a little bit different. And sometimes they even stretch that story out across a few movies. Mm -hmm. But generally the movie title doesn't necessarily mean we're getting what we think we're getting. You know what I mean? Like right. WandaVision was kind of House of M, but Not you really. know, Multiverse of Madness was like a little bit of a continuation of it. Yeah. You know, and it almost kind of happens in reverse, in all honesty. We have like Thor Ragnarok, which was almost more of a World War Hulk story. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's the part in it, yeah. Yeah, but we also found out within the She-Hulk movie that like World War Hulk might Still kind happen. of be happening again later on. Yeah. You know? So I'm I'm watching I'm watching Loki season one and I'm getting to the end of it and I'm realizing, okay, the whole universe is stuck in this this time loop. And this is really the beginning of our next big arc. Like Thanos was our last thing. Everything's culminating in uh, the Infinity Stones having this big battle and then starting a new story, right? You can think of everything before that as like one big block. And then Loki is really at the beginning of this next big arc, right? And it ends with Loki murdering Kang. Well, Sylvie specifically, right? Right. But a version of Loki. Right. How familiar are you guys with Norse mythology? I'm not, if I'm being honest. You're not? No. Norse mythology? What Only off... from what I've seen from Thor. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm Irish. Ragnarok was a fantastic movie, and I, you know, I love that movie. But it really wasn't the apocalypse, man. Right? Ragnarok, the, the word means the Requiem of the Gods. And it starts off with Loki murdering Balder. What if, instead of Balder... What if it's Kang? What if this is the Requiem of the Gods and Sylvie killing Kang is is the culmination of everything, the end of all things? Ooh. What if that's, everything that's happening now... That's heavy. Yeah, is Ragnarok. It sets into motion all the characters dying and being replaced. What hmm. if, like, especially introducing Hercules at the end of Thor, Love, and Thunder, 
Hercules going after Thor. Yeah. And that's how Thor meets his end. Yeah, because Thor dies in Ragnarok. It's a guarantee. Yeah. And he's replaced by uh, by his son, you know, in Norse mythology. But that seems like what they're setting up also, right? Like all these other Avengers coming in to take the places of the previous heroes. I'm not necessarily saying that it has to be like a one-for-one Ragnarok. But something. But like, yeah. I just like a general scope of everything real, that's happening Real right quick, who wants, a, who wants a theory fun fact? Oh, I love fun oh, facts. Oh, hit me. Yep. So Bruce Banner from Avengers Age of Ultron to Avengers, or what was it? Uh, yeah, Age of Ultron to Thor Ragnarok to Infinity War was one week for Bruce Banner. Oh, shit. Not the Wait, Hulk. What? Not the Hulk. Bruce Banner. That's true, because... Because when he got to, um, oh god, what was the planet called? Uh, Sakar. Sakar. Yeah. Like or, or Hulk, Hulk took over. Yeah. So to him, Bruce Banner was gone. Hulk was taking over to protect Banner. Because this yeah. was a planet that was lawless, pretty much. Yep. So. Yeah. So yeah. Oh well, my god, the for Bruce. kind of rule. Yeah. But because well, so if, if you th- well, if, here's the thing. The events of uh, Infinity War, it wasn't like one day. There were multiple days that took place over. But from Age of Ultron is the last time you see Bruce Banner until the Hulk gets the shit kicked out of him. And then from Avengers Age of Ultron to Infinity War, Bruce Banner would have been around for about... Or or that time span from that movie to that for for him is one week of time. And he was only like aware of Bruce Banner... From Sakaar to Asgard yeah. for like maybe a couple hours at most. Yeah. And by the way, I know somebody's like screaming at the podcast right now. It's <laughs> not the collector. It's what was his name? Who? Grandmaster. Grand. Yeah. The Grandmaster. Jeff Goldblum's okay. character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know somebody's God. like, "Fuck you, dude!" They did the collector. You guys so don't dirty. know shit. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. I wish they would have done the collector a little better too. But it's well. I, I don't enough. think you're gonna yeah. see the end of the collector. I think he's going to pop back up eventually. I know like, Thanos killed him in uh, Infinity War, but I think they're going to find a way to bring him back. Yeah. Then again, mm-hmm. if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. Uh... Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Sure. Aren't they kind of like, I, I forget how this works in the comics. Aren't they like a constant in the universe? Like, even if that one doesn't exist, yes. they... They're like, there has to be a collector? I think so. Right, because Galactus kind of fills that role, right? He he devours worlds or something. He's like a constant that has to exist. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Oh, my God. How do we get to Galactus? That's what I can't wait for. <laughs> so we started with Ant-Man <laughs> being in every movie ever. Avengers. We're ending with Galactus. <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> Glory of, no Ga- idea of Galactus. No how we got here. 20, 20, but, but here we are. So... All right, I, I'm going to call it an episode, guys. So um, thank you to everyone who's spent the last hour listening to us ramble from oh, all things. It's been from a lot Ant-Man. of rambles. There's, we, we went down a lot of rabbit holes, and honestly, you could probably expect that from this show. Um, I think we could have kept going. We probably yeah. could have, but I do yeah. need to go to bed at some point. I can do this all day. <laughs> yeah. I don't need sleep. I need answers. I can do this all Day, come on from <laughs> Hawkeye musical yep. episode. Yep, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so. Anyways, good. so good. All right, guys. Uh, who knows what we're gonna do next? Could be a Marvel movie. Could be a random ass movie that you wouldn't think of. Could be a musical. I mean, we've got ideas, and trust me, we will get to them. So, on behalf of all of us here, uh, the initiated of the Centerway Society, we appreciate you listening in. And we will see you next time. See you. See.
Let's introduce the initiated. Hmm, I don't know that. Fuck you, Alexa. <laughs> that was really good. That was really good, man. I might cut. I might cut a little bit of that down, just because yeah, it was, did get a little I, long. I, I I tripped over my own self. Like I was like yeah. saying, repeating myself, just using. Well, there words. there's a good section of that that's perfect and could yeah. just end where it needed to end at. You went just a little long, so that's honestly yeah. that's fine. Let's just okay. Right. Let's intro now to the rest. Okay. <clears throat> Four minutes. I'll do the intro. Let's introduce the initiated. Motherfucker Alexa. What <laughs> the fuck? Bro, go hit her like mute button. I'm I'll be right back. I wonder if other secret societies have to deal with this. <laughs> Alexa. I'm sorry, I don't know that. The fucking uh oh. yeah. Alexa, shelf on. That... <laughs> Alexa, play Uptown Funk. I almost feel like this needs to stay in here. This is awesome. I'm glad you guys are spooky ass meeting and Alexa keeps on jumping in. Our secret society, but Alexa's here. Yeah. Phone call from mom. Yeah. <laughs>